Welcome to Electric Theory, where our purpose is to electrify diversity in thought, fueling innovation, sustainability, and engagement. We achieve this by leveraging experiences, insights from a global community of dynamic individuals shaping a positive impact on the world. You have 24 hours a day. Organize your day. Work hard. I'm here to talk about success. In today's episode, we are thrilled to have Christiana Yebra. Christiana is a versatile entrepreneur currently serving as the chief marketing officer for Invenue, a sports technology company, and the owner of Currently Events, a cutting-edge 360-degree photo booth technology firm. With a background in biology from the University of North Texas, Christiana has made her mark in the tech industry from launching and selling Texas' first on-demand urgent care app to spearheading multi-marketed consumer campaigns for the MedTech startup in California. In addition to her professional accomplishments, Christiana is a dedicated mentor, having played a pivotal role in the guiding of Lumos Helmet Team to victory at South by Southwest, release it to competition. She's also been instrumental in the organizational success, like Millennials Club, generating millions of impressions and connections. Christiana's work has been featured in prominent publications, campaigns, including Neighborhood Goods by Way of Dallas, which spotlights exceptional Dallas leaders, and has been seen on a TV near you. Welcome, C.Y., the Hi. GOAT. I'm here. I'm excited. How are you today? How are you feeling? I was joking earlier that I am now 31 years old and experienced my first, like, doing just a regular activity and just cinched my neck up. Now I can't turn left, so I'm just, you can't see me, but I'm frozen in, in time here. So I'm old is what I'm how I'm feeling today. I mean, you look about <laughs> as, as young as... as I wish my spine felt the same way, but no, I feel great. I'm excited to be here. I haven't done as many podcasts this year as I have in the last couple of years. I'm stoked to to be with you. Yes, I am pleased to have you. You're one of my uh, biggest inspirations in Dallas. I don't have too many like mentors or people that I look up to. I would let me take that back. I have mentors, but there's not too many people that really truly inspire me. And I will say you're definitely one of those. Just want to preface that and letting you know that like. I hold your valuable advice near and dear to my heart. Yeah, we've been friends for a long... You've seen me through some pretty crazy... Uh, your beautiful summary was good, but you've, like, really seen it. Like, you've yeah. seen me from, I... like, scrappy startup mode to dating app world to millennial clubs to now. Like, you've really seen it all, so... Yeah, I met one of my <laughs> I met one of my exes, her girlfriend's... Oh. Oh, no. A couple of them through your events. Oh boy! Tell us about tell us about the Millennials Club because it was something that I definitely touched on in episode zero zero one, mm. where I was like sharing my story and like why yeah. I was inspired to join this particular organization. I feel like this organization definitely was a staple in Dallas and has been, and I'm sure that people when they recognize you, you're like, oh, you're that one with the Millennials Club, right? <laughs> yeah. Like. I'm sure that's like what people recognize you from outside yeah. of all the amazing things that you're doing now and have been doing. But can you tell us a little bit about like how that came about? Yeah, it's a funny common denominator between a lot of the connections that I don't even know sometimes. That's how one of my friends, Bree Crow, came and did headshots for my team the other day. And we were chatting just weeks ago. I was like, how did we ever? Because I feel like I've known her my whole life. So I was like, how do we know each other? She was like, I went to one of your charity galas. And I said, that's somebody I want to be friends with. And so we just found a way to, I don't know, ended up working together. And I had no idea that was from actually one of those. So 
Millennial Clubs was started out of a necessity for shaking up the networking space. I mean, we've all been to those networking events where they hand you like a raffle ticket and you drop your business card in a fishbowl and you get a free glass of wine and then they're like, all right, good job. Here you go. Like on your way. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was really burnt out on those, particularly in the tech space. It was a lot of like, how could you have groundbreaking technology, but like the most flat, boring networking experiences, like talk about the lack of electrifying, like there was no like true connection happening there. Like it was just so stale. And so my partners and I really wanted to shake things up and we called it millennial clubs, which at first was cringy because at that time we were like the beanbag generation where everyone's, oh, they just want beanbags in their office and yeah. nap pods and right. I mean like kegs at the co-working space. Like <laughs> that's what we were really labeled as. And there was like a stick, a negative stigma around millennials at the time. I don't, I think we've outgrown it a little thanks to Gen Z, but yeah. um, there was really this like kind of negative sentiment around the millennial generation. We were seen as lazy and entitled and all these words so we wanted to really shape reshape the thought of what millennial millennials could do in general so we packaged it up into an organization and brought in a lot of people it really was interesting like it didn't have a, a plan initially like i think we always had a vision for bringing people together so events were core to who we were so that's probably why like a lot of the people that i think i've met organically have af- actually have come to one of my events in some sort or fashion and um so hosting educational panels or debate series. We did that for a while um, or our big charity gala that focused on STEM education throughout that was really just meant to just generate new connections and new friendships. And what's so cool to hear is that people met at these events and found a sponsor or an investor or a girlfriend or a new contact in the real estate space, but they work in healthcare but want to get out of it. Like all these really cool core connections were being built and it wasn't like the standard events we had elements of it that were familiar but we wanted to do things a little bit differently so like the debate i guess speaker debate series was one of the first really good panels that i had been to and it was our event i remember leaving one of those and be like man like i really learned a lot i met five amazing people who were our panelists at the time i mean we did one where we had almost a billion dollars of net worth sitting on stage with us and they were talking about how they've built and sold companies. And I, I had to take a step back and realize, oh, my God, like we really not only commanded really incredible people to come participate for free. Like we never paid a speaker a dime. Like and I never heard no. Like it was the only time I ever heard no to come be a panelist at one of my events was I just I'm not in town or I can't actually publicly speak about some of the stuff I'm doing. Like things were incognito. Right. That was what I heard no for. So it was just, it was a cool experience. I struggle a lot with how things ended because our our partnership went in different directions. I think that the core though and the purpose of what I wanted it to serve for me is still very true. And I'm still really proud of that no matter where the organization is at this point. And I I think that the legacy lives on and through relationships like ours, Mm -hmm. who knows how many times we've mentioned something we've learned from one of those events or a person we've met. And that list for me is thousands of people. I think I shook probably a million hands, it felt like, in the course of that, the lifespan of that. And that was so important to me to make those connections. And a lot of them I can still count on and and call. And what's even more fun is being able to call them my friends, too, people that I've met. Mm, Beautiful. Just beautiful. (laughs) I, like, I can't stress enough, like, how important community is. And, like, that place and the environment that I believe that you created, you and your team created, Mm -hmm was something that 
I will definitely cherish. Yeah. To, to, I can't stress that enough. How important is like forming a community for like startups, for people that are in organizations? Like how important is having that like sense of belonging in that community? Because that was something that I had, right? Like yeah. I was there. I'm like, hey, there's other people that want to serve just like me. There's people that, you know, may look like me that are in this space that I would have mm -hmm. never found if I did not come and join this community. So yeah. how important is that? For me, it's, I mean, it's everything. If you look at all of my, I always joke, like my LinkedIn's like the most random lineup of jobs you've ever seen. But if you look at it, like community is a pretty core piece of every piece of what I do, because it, whether it's important to me or to my customer, right? As a team, it's important to have a good team culture and to have community with your own internal team. But it also, depending on what type of business you're running, sometimes a brand community is just as important to the success of your business. And for Millennial Clubs is one example. I mean, that whole, the whole thing was community, right? Like, it wouldn't work if there was three of us looking at each other in a room talking about what we thought was great. It only functioned if we reached our hands out and brought people in and expanded that true network. So community was, it, it wouldn't have worked without that. Now, there's an element of getting a ton of people in a room, but not enforcing, that sounds harsh, not, in, not encouraging a sense of community because you could be in a room. I mean, that's all the events we've been to that I was trying to change. It's like, I've been to networking events where there's a 500 people in there but that doesn't mean i walk out with any type of like connection or right. new relationship or new business idea or whatever um so i think it was really core to the founders to encourage and show the value of of the community in that scenario but um the reason why i ended up taking the ceo of a dating app job was because not because i had a ton of experience in the dating industry i didn't even have a ton of experience using dating apps but when I looked up like millennial clubs, what the biggest things that people came to me with were challenges that they were experiencing was how do I make connections in the professional space? And I'm like, oh, here's millennial clubs. But then their next question was like, hey, I'm new to Dallas. I have no idea how to meet people. And I know I have no idea how to date in Dallas. And so like the millennial generation was struggling with these two big things. Like how do I network professionally? But then on a like a romantic or like relationship building and let's even take, you know, the romantic side of it. Just making new friends was hard yeah. for people because we've got unlimited abilities to brush shoulders with people virtually via social media apps and on the internet, but it still takes a real person at the other end of that connection to build that community. So I think you can build online and offline communities. And I think I've done that pretty well through um, all of the organizations I've been a part of, but I, I don't think I've ever opted into an, an organization that didn't have that some sense of that. And whether that's for the fans or for the daters or for the networkers, there's it's a core piece. And I think it's important to me because I think that's where I'm the most, maybe the most helpful is driving community within organizations. Mm. Segwaying. Yeah. Can you tell us about not only something that may have happened in the past, but just like a project that could be also currently happening that you consider to be the most significant in your career? Man, I, Millennial Clubs was certainly one just because you can see the sheer impact. Yeah. One thing I was really proud of that, oh gosh, there's so many, but what I felt real, I mean, I still, it felt like an honor of a lifetime was to be a leader of a dating app. I wasn't a founder in it. I wasn't the one who came up with the idea or the brand, but I stepped into a position where the founders were really struggling for that story to really connect with the users. And I fit that mold. And I was so proud to stand on a stage or a metaphorical stage or a virtual stage and advocate for safety and authenticity online because I'd watched my friends, guys and girls, be ghosted or catfished or harassed or they were made to feel be to feel uncomfortable online. And 
I have never felt more passion for really truly advocating for the success of people building true authentic relationships online because I think it's really hard and the dating apps out there are now scrambling to build in safety features and they're trying to like backtrack and figure out how to build a safer environment because it just got out of it, it got out of control and so vouch was one of those I was really proud to to do that um, because I I love people and my background's in healthcare because I initially set out in my professional career to work in ER and trauma which is really where my like passion first started for people was with patients so the daters were the same thing. I wanted to care for daters the same way I wanted to care for patients. Like, I just want you to have an enjoyable experience. No one wants to go to the ER. Yeah. But if you're going to be there, like, I want to give the most positive patient experience you can have. Same right. thing. Like, nobody really wants to be on dating apps, but they're there yeah. and that's an option. And so why not make it a safer, more enjoyable place to be? And same thing for, like, it, it's really like that same narrative fits to really all of my roles. And so it was an honor to serve in that position. It's different to be a founder because then you take on that CEO position, whether you want it or not. But to be found and selected to take that on was a huge thing for me. And the same way with Invenue was to be picked out of a crowd of a ton of people who are probably even more qualified than I am and say, hey, we think you're the best fit for this. I think I found a lot of honor in those types of opportunities versus just founding my own. Like the photo booths are fun, but I'm not saving lives and I'm not changing anyone's <laughs> future by putting them on a, a really great 360 photo booth. Um, and I always joke about that. Like I've done some really hard, like I've created a lot of really difficult things like startups. I've, you know, creating an online urgent care or virtual urgent care platform was not easy. It was really complex. A lot of intricacies to it. Same thing with dating apps. That was really hard. So I was like, okay, I want to join something that's easy and do something that's easy. Oh, sorry. Building that business isn't easy, but like the concept of it is very simple. Yeah. And I, I used to joke like I was a little bit annoyed with how successful it's been because it felt like what a simple thing to just let people look at themselves on a 360 video. But man, it feels really good to watch people be really proud and confident of their bodies and what they look like and have fun and then hand them a moment that they can take and post and it can live on forever. And I used to joke that it like really wasn't significant and it still is not, again, saving lives and it's not the most important work I've ever done. But man, it feels good to know that we have a million videos of people over the last couple of years and that we've captured like someone revealed they were having a baby on the photo booth like they did like gender reveal we've had like proposals and you know we've captured people's wedding days and birthdays and like these big moments amazing. and i love that they've happened on my platforms and Ama that's been fun amazing and you mentioned platforms you do a lot of amazing work in the community with all these different roles with these different apps releasing apps selling apps everything right like mm -hmm. how do you stay motivated and productive two different two different questions motivated and productive for me are totally like two different realms i'm motivated every day by okay. the people that i work with it's not hard for me to find motivation to just keep progressing and i never want to drop the ball it's really hard to avoid sports puns when you work in sports but i never want to drop the ball or be the, the lowest <laughs> man in the totem pole i really love i love people that i work with and the products that we're accomplishing it's not hard to stay motivated in that space productive is a whole nother challenge where I've really had to lean out how I spend my time. Like I'm not the type, I'm not like you, Josh Hunt, who wakes up at who knows what time and works out at 6 a.m. and is at his desk by eight o'clock and like working at 11. I can't do that. It's just, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't lead to me being more productive. I used to try to force fit myself into that realm and it just didn't work for me. And I try to take someone else, someone else's 
schedule and apply it to myself because I've seen the Gary V's of the world. Be like, yeah, if you're not eating shit 24 or 7, you're not, you're not doing your job. That just doesn't work for me. And I wish we would stop encouraging that. Yeah. Anyway, the, the productivity piece comes from knowing when I'm at my capacity and I only have so much to give. And at that point, if I push myself too much further beyond that capacity, I become inefficient and I don't want to waste anyone's time, money, energy, including my own. So I've had to really lean out how I spend my extra time. I stopped going out for every single event, which I try to be everywhere at every time, like with everyone. And I had to like serious FOMO. COVID really snapped me back into reality. I'm like, you don't actually have to be everywhere to remain relevant. And so I don't, you really don't see me at a lot of events. And honestly, they're mainly my own events that I'm at with the photo booth and other things. So I've leaned that out on the social side. I've really pulled back on how I spend my extra energy. I can't be at every brunch and every baby shower and every event that happens because I've got a really busy weekend schedule as well. But I've zeroed in my circle of people who totally allow me to work in that capacity and understand when I disappear for three weeks and I'm not in the group chat having fun and talking about the latest episode of The Bachelor. They get it. They understand. Before I had friends who put a lot of pressure on me to be at everything and you just can't do that. To be productive and effective, I think that you really have to take a close look at what's really progressing you forward. And there were some friendships and there's reasons why I'm not involved in certain businesses now is because they burned me out. And I think I'm not unique in that way. There are a lot of people there, but I had to get really, um, I've been watching a lot of Succession, as you know. And yes. one thing I appreciate on Succession is like seen the episode one yet. how freaking bold they are to say, yeah. this isn't working for me, I'm out. Yeah. Or in their words, fuck off. Right, like right. I had to do that maybe in, a, in politer ways, but I really had to like say, this isn't working for me. I'm so sorry. But and maybe not even apologize sometimes. Just this isn't working for me. I got to move on. And yeah. I did not have the guts to do that years ago. But now I do. And now I'm like on a strict schedule to make sure I make it to my Pilates class. And I have time to talk to my mom on the phone and spend time with people that I really care about. And that just that wasn't my style or it. I wanted it to be my style, but it just didn't work a couple of years ago. So I'm really proud to have really focused in on that. Yeah. Can we double click on because you were about to say, like, this is what you should do. Right. Mm-hmm. So can we get three practical tips for our listeners to yeah. stay productive? I, again, I'm not the most productive. I've certainly spent my hours on on TikTok. Please don't take it away from us. But I have leveraged the hell out of my Google Calendar in a way that I used to, when people used to say that, I used to absolutely be like, oh my God, please shut up. Like, oh, you you manage your Google Calendar? Seriously. When you look and audit the amount of time you spend in certain things, and it could be drive time, it could be time just wasted, going out to eat, or if you audit your time frame or like your how you spend your time, it can really be super mind blowing or same thing with like budgeting. It's budgeting your time is in my opinion more valuable than budgeting your money really. Like you right. can actually make more by budgeting your time than you than you will by maybe saving your money. Um because it's Hello. it's your social cur- I mean it's your currency, right? Like you only have a finite amount of time. So um being really strict. So I literally I abuse my Google calendars if I have anything like a friend invites me to dinner we share a Google Calendar, like, and I, I think that's, I don't know if that's a millennial thing, but I used to really be grossed out when people did that. And now I'm like the person be like, please send me an invite. They're like, we're just getting coffee. I'm like, I need it. Please make sure I know where to go. And so that's one. I use a ton of, I've been like, been using a lot of automation in my email for years. And I create a lot of triggers and automations that help me save on redundant tasks. I know that's a super buzzy thing now. ChatGPT is going to do a lot, but there were a lot of tools that were built into Chrome a couple of years ago that I've used to help me there. So that helps me with productivity where I'm not just 
I used to feel like I stared at my inbox waiting for the next email to come in mm-hmm. because I knew it was going to be there anyway. And so I just spent a lot of time anticipating that there'd be this other email in my inbox. So now I've got systems that help me keep, I'm not an email, I'm not the type that can have email zero at the zero count. I have probably 200,000 emails, <laughs> but um, the important ones are in the right place. So that's one. And then the other is I've really um, given myself uh, the anti-Sunday scaries. Which I feel like, have you ever, do you know what the Sunday scaries are? Like when people get anxious because Monday's coming up. Oh, I love Mondays. You're a psychopath. And <laughs> that's why I love you. We're so opposite. I don't look forward to Mondays so much. It's not like I have, it's not that I don't love my job, but sometimes I'm like, I work myself up to be like, man, it's going to be a busy, crazy, stressful week. But what I realize is that every single week is pretty busy and pretty right. stressful. And I spend a lot of Sunday trying to rest as much as possible. I started turning my phone off on Sundays or do not disturb and shutting down all my notifications and really focus on the the fact that I asked for this years ago. I built up my entire career to be busy on Monday and to not fear it and to instead look forward to it. And And I had to cut out a lot of extra noise to feel that way. So Sundays are like my rest day, recalibrate, check my calendar for the week and try to get really prepared. Also outsource as much as you can. Because I used to say, I can do it. But I hired an operations manager for my photo booth company. And honestly, I would be probably dead without her. I love her so much. Like she's really, I trusted her with a lot. I've currently trusted her with a lot and it's changed my life. Like it's alleviated a lot of the stress that I felt having multiple businesses at a single time. So outsource if you can find somebody you trust. Mm. Great. are those tips? No, those are some electric tips. Those are electric chips at electric chips. (laughs) Electric tips. I like chips too. I do too. And we appreciate them. Is that a ring on your finger? Nope. Okay, that's not a ring. Okay, I was just double checking. Yeah, my other productivity tip. Don't get married. Don't plan a wedding. Seems like that takes a lot of people's time. So, uh, nope, nope. So, any marriage in your near future? Nope, nope. Not, I have businesses to run. No, I, I have so much. So, you don't, you don't believe you can get married and run a business? I think you can absolutely do that. I think that it's totally possible. Okay. I think for me, where I'm at, I'm really focused on focusing on just building these companies and staying heads down. I get really distracted really easily. I hear I'm talking about like being productive and efficient, but it would be really easy for me to get caught up in planning something and trying to please everybody else. And yeah. right now I'm really focused on building something for me so that when I do have a family, they have, have generational wealth that I I did not come into that. And yeah. so that's a huge we talk about motivation. That's motivation for me is to build something for myself mm. and for my future. I love it. Very noble. What is one thing that you believe to be true that a lot of people don't agree with you on? My unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Gosh, I have so many. <laughs> it's like the most controversial one. I don't know if it's controversial, but I, I stopped drinking alcohol back in like, I think it was, I think it was 2020. And not because I had a problem with it, not because I was drinking at every, not, not because there was an issue, but I watched what alcohol did to my friends, their health, their ability to focus, how it seemed to like instigate additional problems for them. And I just didn't want that to be a problem for me. So I stopped drinking. And it's so funny when you say that to people at events, they think you're like a recovering alcoholic. So they suddenly look at you like, oh, are you okay? What's going on? And I just say, oh, no, I'm, I don't drink. So, no, thank you. And I turn it down. And it was really amazing to me how people actually treat you a little bit differently because they, they don't really know your why and they don't really, you don't really have to. Like, it's not anyone's business. And so my unpopular opinion is that I really, I believe that 
you can have just as much fun and be just as social without alcohol. And when I look at it, like I look better, I feel better. I um, have watched people just become different versions of themselves at events and like things that I've attended. And I just don't ever really want to teeter on like that line of mm. not being myself um, or needing something to unlock who I am. Um, and so I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion, but like I, I just don't need it. And it really throws people off guard when I'm at events, especially ones where there's an open bar and they're like, Oh, I just have one. And I'm like, I just don't need it. Like, I'm already a sleepy person. Like, I need my aid. I'm not like Josh Hunt. Like, I'm already tired at my baseline. Give me a sugar-free Red Bull and I'll be ready to party. So I don't know if that's truly an unpopular opinion, but it does surprise people when I tell them that, especially since I made a career out of hosting some pretty pretty parties back right. in the day. Right. But I just don't drink and I don't need it. And, and it's done amazing things for me. And yeah, I'm much happier with my sugar-free Red Bull waiting for them to send me my yeah, yeah, I hear influencer that plug. package. Exactly. Yeah. That's a... <laughs> Red Bull plug. Get at us. I'm trying to think of any others because I feel like I'm, I'm chock full of them. But that's one. It caters to what you're talking about, being motivated and productive. That's a huge one for me because I've watched people like when you turn 30, obviously, I just broke my neck getting out of bed this morning. Probably having alcohol would probably be a good thing. Yeah, I'll, I'm sure I have plenty more unpopular opinions. But that's one that I think people would be surprised to know about me and that that I think a lot of people my age are not on the same page. Okay, I have a little bit of a morbid question. Please. Okay. If you were to find out that you were going to die in 2024, mm -hmm. the end of 2024, how would you want to electrify this world before you leave? So my death date is sometime in 2024. Your death date is sometime in the end of 2024. So it gives you a little bit of time. Yeah. It's not funny that you asked this, but I have given it some thought because I am a huge advocate for safety for women and children and also animals. I'm a huge, my biggest passion, like all I want to do is make a lot of money one day so I can quit all my jobs and rescue dogs all day and save dog lives. So if you follow me on Instagram, I'm sorry for the amount of rescue posts that I put out there. But it really, it makes me really sad to see when really anybody suffers, but primarily women, children, animals that, that suffer. And I realized the only way therapy's helped me with this is I really can't alleviate all suffering. I can't. That's why I want to become a doctor. It's like, I just want to help people feel better. I just want to help people. It's so cliche. They actually tell you when you're applying for medical school, do not tell the medical school when they ask you, why do you want to be a doctor? Do not say you want to help people because no shit, everyone That's else everyone. does, yeah. right? They're like, come on, get more creative. Right. So I've always wanted to alleviate suffering and make people feel better. And I realized like I can't solve every problem and I cannot end all suffering. But what I can do is instill joy and and positivity with the people that I do interact with. So I'd probably spend the next year of my life probably still working, to be honest, because I touch a lot of lives in that way and just trying to promote as much positivity and encouragement. And primarily with I watch sometimes I'm at events where I just watch people have such a lack of confidence uh, about themselves. And I don't really know where it comes from. I don't get a lot of time to hear what their story is. But man, it feels so good for someone to just tell you, I'm proud of you. And you're doing a great job. And I want good things for you. And how can I help you? Like those things you just watch people's like, shoulders, not mine, because I'm frozen with my <laughs> neck injury. But like you watch people's like shoulders, like lower from their ears, and they breathe a little bit differently when they know they just someone has their back. So I'd, I would probably literally spend my entire year rescuing dogs. But Doing my best to encourage, and especially kids. Like, I watch kids. I watched, I, I saw a video the other day that maybe it's, it would probably make me cry now is they had a school breakfast for little boys and their dads to come 
to come to the school with them and they taught them how to put ties on and they dressed up and the dads, even if they didn't have a dad, someone would come in and like step in to be the dad. And you watch these boys have the best day of their lives with a dad figure there to have breakfast with them and they got to show them off. And I was reading like the comments like, look at these kids, look at the joy in their faces and their eyes. And it just was so incredible to see like just having someone there for you um, and to to pat you on the back. It's like, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to support you. Like, I would love to help kids learn how to tie their ties and make them feel better. But I would like I'd spend the rest of my year just trying to drive positivity in any way I can. Well, I mean, what a lovely answer. And I want to make <laughs> sure that you know that I appreciate you and I'm very proud of you. You have been doing amazing things. And Thanks. as I said, you're an inspiration to, to me and I'm sure to millions of others that have had the chance to. You know, millions? Millions. I mean, hey, millions of impressions. You that's know, true. Book, I have, I have a lot. A million people have touched That's in your resume. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I, I just want to make sure that you understand that we appreciate you and we thank you. So as we come to a close, how can people find you? I am pretty easy to find these days. I'm really active on Instagram if you want to see all of my activities, but LinkedIn is a really good spot to see my work in the sports tech space. I'm really advocating for more activity, especially from women and making a better space for them in sports technology and business. So LinkedIn is a great spot. Just search my name. Boom. You got your theory. And we're out. It was another good day. We had another good day. And if you line up enough good days, around have a good life.